Sometimes the goal that we set for our lives is not exactly the goal that God has for our lives. For example, if the goal for you right now is to get completely free from sexual sin, that's actually a little different than God's goal for you. Wait, what? Okay, okay, don't hear me saying that God doesn't want you to be completely free from sexual sin. It's just that his goal is actually much deeper and more wonderful than that. We were created to actually glorify God, to reflect his glory, to be image bearers. And anything short of that is missing out on our original purpose and intention for being. To know God, to be in that love relationship with him, to do his will and to reflect his glory, his character, his image in creation. And anything short of that, we're missing the mark. You know, we're missing what God has for our lives. Welcome back to Purity for Life. In today's show, we'll talk about why pursuing God's goal for your life is a key lesson on the road to freedom. That's what's coming up. Here we go. All right, so I've got Ken Larkin with me in the studio. Ken is the director of intake here at Pure Life Ministries and a biblical counselor for our residential program. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Good to be here, Nate. So uh, this episode is part of a series that we've called Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom. And once again, for those who are just, if this is the first episode that they've heard in this series, the reason that I developed this series is because although genuine repentance changes the direction that a person is going in spiritually, they repentance puts a person on a new pathway, and they need to walk on that pathway, right? right? So repentance doesn't bring you to the end of the journey. It puts you on the right path for your journey. And so we want to continue to give key lessons that people will need as they're walking on that road to freedom. And so today's show really is about helping people to see that God has a goal for their lives and to help them to embrace God's goal for their lives rather than just having their own goals because I think that sexual sin can be so costly, it can be so painful, that it can be easy to make getting free like the all-encompassing goal of my life. And that's what we want to address. So first of all, Ken, why is making freedom from sexual sin like the goal of your relationship with God? Why is that faulty thinking? Well, one thing I would say is it really falls short, like you said, of God's purpose, you know, and his goal for your life. It's superficial. Even like when we mm. deal with guys that are steeped in sexual sin— the actual sin or your behavior is even over, only the fruit of the problem. So you're only dealing with your issue at a superficial level if you're really concerned about your behavior, and that's as deep as it's going to go. But also, obviously, God has a much bigger picture for our lives than just being free from sexual sin. So we're not even focusing on what really God has for our life, which is mm -hmm. much better than just being free from your sinful behavior. Hmm. I, I want to be sensitive again, to the fact that sexual sin is really super destructive, right? And so we're, we're not trying to convey that, oh, well, you know, getting free is, yeah, sure, God wants that, but there's way more important things. 
what are some what are things that make freedom from sexual sin just super compelling for people? Well, I would say any sin, the wages of sin is death. So there's a lot of destruction and collateral damage in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, a big thing, a lot of guys come and they're married and their marriage is in shambles. And you know, even maybe the wife has given them an ultimatum. If you don't take care of this issue, we're, we're headed toward divorce. So it's a huge upheaval of their life. A lot of guys come from a, a ministry background or even just the fact that Almost everyone that comes into our program, for instance, has been in church. So you have reputation maybe of being a godly individual, and now all of a sudden your reputation has been destroyed because of your sin and having to deal with that, you know, the shame and everything involved in that. And a lot of guys, uh, we've even had guys lose their career, you know, looking on porn or something at work, actually losing your job or your career. So a lot of major financial issues, you know, or just invested a lot of money in your sin, just destroyed, you know, your your savings or whatever, because mm-hmm. you've just given it over to pursuing this lifestyle of sin. Mm. Yeah, so <laughs> sexual sin is, it's just so costly. I mean, it costs us in our families, it costs us in our friendships, it costs us emotionally, it costs us physically, and it can just be like when a person really decides, okay, I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to deal with this God's way, it can still be just so tempting to let that one thing become all the all-encompassing thing. And okay, so we're saying that that's not necessarily God's goal what is God's goal? When you look at Scripture, what, what is God's goal? That's a good question, and it's really a primary question, because if I'm at odds with God's goal, then I'm not going to really be where I need to be with Him in my relationship with Him. So I would say the basic goal of any human being, really, is to have that relationship with the Lord. You know, we were created to actually glorify God, to reflect His glory, to be image bearers. And anything short of that is missing out on our original purpose and intention for being. To know God, to be in that love relationship with Him, to do His will and to reflect His glory, His character, His image in creation. Hmm. And anything short of that, we're missing the mark. You know, we're missing what God has for our lives. Hmm. Okay, so if a person... I, I totally agree with you, right? And so I think a person could say, well, right, and that's why I need to get the sexual sin out of my life, right? Because I can't glorify him if I'm doing these things, and I can't enjoy him if I've got this this baggage and this weight hanging over my life. So that's why I have to do that. Um, So when you're dealing with a guy, and he is just fully consumed with the idea of getting free from sexual sin, and you're trying to show him how that is that can be at odds with God's goal, what do, you, what do you tell him? Well, one of the things that we like to look at in guys that we're dealing with is that, you know, you've basically lived a selfish lifestyle, and that's the opposite of what God has created us to be, because God is love, and love is all about giving. So I like to use the analogy of like uh, you have a circle. You, you can draw a circle to represent someone's life. You could put a throne on there, and then, of course, self would be on the throne. 
And when someone's living in sexual sin and they're a taker, it's almost like your whole life is like a black hole, sucking the life out of everything around you to, just to get your desires or what you want met. Mm-hmm. Well, God created us to be like the circle of our life to be the opposite of that, to be like Jesus is on the throne and we're, you know, whatever, but he's on the throne. And really our whole life should be like a sun radiating the warmth, the love, the glory of God for the benefit of other people. So instead of being a taker, being a giver and finding your ultimate meaning and purpose and investing your life in the life of others, Mm. because that's who Jesus is and that's what he would do in your place. And we call ourselves Christians that we're supposed to be Christ bearers, bearing his image and as part of his body, doing his will. And ultimately, God's will is love. You know, Jesus said the fulfillment of the law is love, loving your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. So when you get into that, the whole flow of your life is being turned in a different direction. And when you're in that flow, it's going to not only undermine, it's going to completely destroy the opposite flow of being in lust and being consumed with sexual sin. Hmm. So have you seen where, again, we're talking about a person who has genuinely repented. So I'm not talking, we're not talking about people who are just completely given over and don't care at all about living a life that glorifies God, but a person who's genuinely repented, they've started on this road. Have you seen where guys kind of get stuck because their focus is still on, I just have to get free, I just have to get to victory, I just have to stop thinking this way, feeling this way, or have you seen that happen? Yeah, because what they're doing is they're still being self-centered. And self-centeredness is really at the core of what they're doing wrong to begin with where now it's just a different form of being self-centered. So now it's not all about me getting what I want as far as sexual sin. Now it's maybe I just want a better life. I just want to be alleviated, like you said, from all these devastating consequences. But you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're still focusing on externals and wanting your life to be better instead of focusing on the fundamental problem that you're basically a taker and not a giver. Mm. And that is what's wrong with your relationship with other people. And that is what's why you objectify them or whatever. And that is what's wrong with your relationship with God. Mm. That instead of being God-centered, and then that goes outward toward others, you're self-centered. So something fundamentally in your heart needs to change. And until that changes, it's like, you know, we tell guys, you know, you can lop off the fruit every day for the rest of your life. But if you don't deal with these core heart issues, the root of your problem, it's just going to inevitably come back. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is that it can be easy to I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like really sinister because I don't think it is, but in a way it's just sort of like a selfish motive that's become it's sort of changed. Now the selfish motive is I got to get free of these things, but it's mainly still about me. Right. Okay. And so the God's goal is totally different. Not that it doesn't include freedom from sin, but God's goal for us is to become, to have a totally different perspective about life. Yeah. And about why I pursue God or why I live and what I'm looking for out of life. It's almost like now I'm beginning to look not to get, but to give. That's what you're that's what you're saying. 
I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if we look at the children of Israel, you know, when God brought them out of Egypt, that was not the end game. He wanted to bring them into the promised land. And that represents a vibrant life in God. Some people, uh, old hymns had said like Canaan land was a type of heaven, but there's giants in Canaan land, so it's not a type of heaven. Right. It's an overcoming life now. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, we're not saved by works. Don't get into all this legalistic stuff. And that's true, but he says we're created for good works. So God mm. wants to bring you out of the old lifestyle of sin, but he wants to bring you into the abundant life that he has for you. Mm. And that includes actually finding your meaning and your purpose ultimately in your relationship with him and then in doing his will, which is good works, loving your neighbor as yourself, you know, and finding joy and fulfillment in that that transcends any joy or fulfillment you had, you know, the cheap thrills or whatever of sexual sin. Mm-hmm. Or even just the goal of being free from sexual sin. Like, man, I, I think it is hard. It's hard for us as, as naturally selfish humans to think in terms of, I'm just getting my joy in God. You know, not from what God can give me and not what God can do for me, although he totally wants to give yeah. But just that my joy is in him, is in that relationship, is in the in knowing him and in communing with him, that can take some time, I think, to get there. Yeah, for sure. And that actually that totally leads into my next question because I think that I know that for me, for sure, that at the beginning of the Christian walk, and I can even see it now, that there is that motivation, that good motivation. But it's mixed, you know, with kind of the selfish motivation. And I'm assuming that that was true for you. (laughs) How have you seen the goal of your life change over the years that you've been walking with him? Well, certainly in the beginning, it was very self-centered because that's all I had to work with. Right. (laughs) And not only that, there is so much weight to sin that it's almost like you just want to get out from under this weight, this tremendous weight and burden of the sin. So, I mean, that's a natural thing. But then the Lord began to show me more of what he's like and how far I was falling short of that, you know, and then having more of a hunger and thirst for righteousness, not just this one issue, but my whole life is jacked up, you know, and and I need God to work in all areas of my life. Hmm. And than just wanting that deeper relationship with him. And like you said, it's like, well, yeah, we want to be free from our sin, but ultimately it does hinder our relationship with the Lord. You know, and you want anything in your life that's not pleasing to him to be dealt with, not just what you originally were hoping, you know, okay, I want to be free from this one issue. Yeah, yeah, which is so good because that I feel is also crucial for people to realize is that, Like, we can really make sexual sin sort of like the pinnacle of all sins in our minds. And so to us, it's like, okay, I gave over to self-gratification. That's just horrible. But, you know, when I gossip about somebody at work or when I cut someone off because, you know, they they said something to me that I didn't like, we're, we justify that. Right. 
And I, what you're saying is that, whoa, okay, hold on. Because God's goal is to make our whole lives look like Jesus, you know, and to really reflect his glory. And we can't, as much as we want to, we shouldn't categorize sins and say, well, these ones are heinous. I want them all out of my life. These ones I'm okay with. It's not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I don't know if we're going to address that, but that's really kind of like one of the catalysts is when you actually see your sin in a, in a deeper way and understand how unchristlike you are, how much you fall short of his glory and how other people have to deal with that. It's not just that, okay, I'm doing something and it's destroying my life or it's just making me uncomfortable and there's a lot of... No, other people have to deal with my baggage and you're basically putting that weight on other people. And a lot of times we're oblivious to it. We don't even realize how other people are being damaged or hurt because of our sinful reactions or the way we do things, the way we do life, just being selfish and self-centered and oblivious to the needs of others around us or how our actions or our attitudes actually affect those around us mm. and how much more so the Lord. You know, it grieves the Lord when we're unloving or unkind to someone else or do something that's not basically what he would do in our place. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really good because we so keenly feel the pain that other people cause us and other people are hurt by us you know other people are right. hurt by me and i have to realize that this isn't just again it's it's that same thing that this isn't just about my life this is about how other people are affected by me and if I'm going to become more like Jesus, then that means, man, that means like the tone of my voice. That means how much time am I willing to spend with people? Do I go out of my way when I see that someone is is hurting? You know, am I willing to give of myself and invest in other people? It's like, wow, this. This goal of becoming like Jesus is just way, 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 way bigger than, okay, I got to make sure I don't do these behaviors. Um, so you already mentioned one thing. You mentioned how the Lord has been changing the goal of your life because you saw how unlike Jesus you were. Were there other things that really helped to shift your focus off of, okay, I just got to get out of the weight of this sin. I alluded to this before. I think really just seeing the Lord, you know, and desiring Him mm -hmm. and developing that hunger for Him that I think anybody, when they first come to the Lord, whether you have a major issue like sexual addiction, you know, that sin that you just given over to, that like we are selfish, but when you actually begin to see Jesus then the goal, instead of now Jesus is going to help me deal with my issues, where that was my primary goal in the beginning, it's like he's in a means to my end. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was after a while, he becomes the end, mm -hmm. where I really just want the relationship with him. And anything that interferes with that relationship has to go. That I want to be changed so that I can have a deeper relationship with the one I'm coming to love, you know? I want a relationship with him. Now it's not all about all these externals, getting all my ducks lined up, you know, getting free from my sexual sin. Yeah, that's important. 
But the end game is I just want him. And anything that's going to be detrimental to that relationship has to be dealt with in a mm. decisive manner. Mm. What was it? I, I'm just, I'm interested because this is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. But yeah, it can be very easy to feel like I'm really pursuing the Lord. But what's really going on is I'm really pursuing his help, right. not him. And you talked about how when you really started to see him, that changed things. What was it that helped you to really begin to see him? Obviously, getting into the scriptures, but a lot of it for me was seeing the contrast. When you read about what Jesus is like and you see his life, and then you look at your own life, you know, it just kind of magnifies you know, this, the disparity, you know, it's like Jesus is loving and kind and I'm not, mm. you know, and it's like, just get, I, a lot of it was seeing what I'm really like gave me a greater sight of him, that he's nothing like me. And, and really having that hunger, like I said before, to be like him, you know, and it came out in a lot of my interactions with other people, you know, seeing that the way I respond to other people is nothing like what Jesus is like. You mentioned like, you know, a harsh tone or something, you know, even in hard attitudes, being critical or whatever. Jesus is never critical toward us, hmm. you know, and just seeing him in the way he really is. I think a lot of it was contrasting to what I'm not like, you know, how I fall short and how I'm nothing like Jesus in my nature, in my character. Yeah. Yeah. And in this series, we've already done an episode about keeping first things first, which is all about making sure that the devotional life is is prioritized. But I think it's just another way for us to say how important that is, because not because you do a ritual and then freedom comes, but because, man, when you're in the Bible, you're actually getting a chance to see God. You know, I mean, that's that's one reason why the Bible was given to us was like, here he is, look at him. Yeah. You know, watch his life, watch his his heart, watch what pleases him, watch what displeases him, just be with him. I mean, if you were deeply in love with someone and for whatever reason, let's say that you're married to someone and they get taken to prison for being, you know, a, a Christian, and all that you can get from them is their letters. Those letters become extremely precious because it through those letters you have this continuing relationship. And in a way, that's what the the Bible is there for, is for us to have this connection, you know, with God and for us to really read those read those books, read those letters like a husband would read letters from a wife that he's been separated from, or a wife would read letters from a husband that she's been separated from. It's, it's more than just, it's not information, it's, it, it's, it's revelation, it's, yeah. yeah. Before we go, we do want to reiterate that God really wants us to be free from sexual sin. It's as important to him as it is to us. It's way more important to him than it is to us, to be honest. So how is it then that living 
with his goal in mind, letting go of my goal in a sense and just pursuing his goal, how does how does that lead to the place where we actually see our goal come to fruition, right? Like, whoa, I, I live for his goal and that leads me into freedom from from sin. Yeah, it's a good question. And really getting back to what I said before, it's because it's a natural byproduct of being in a right relationship with God. God is holy, you know, and, and God gives us his Holy Spirit. Number one, he reveals Jesus to us. He leads us into all truth, but then he gives us the power to conform our life to that truth. And as you begin living in that direction of, you know, getting out of yourself, being a blessing to other people, it undermines the very self-life that's at the root of your addictive behavior. So if, if the end goal is God and being conformed to his image to be like Jesus, where my whole life revolves around him, then the practical result is you're going to begin doing his will and moving in that direction, which is a life of love. And it's impossible to be going full steam ahead in two different directions at the same time mm. because your sexual sin is diametrically opposed to God's will for your life and the direction that he's leading us in after we've repented and you know we're putting off that behavior, we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind, and when we're actually becoming involved in the good works, it's a totally different direction. Hmm. And the flow of your life becomes so all-encompassing, moving in a different direction, that it kind of just blows away, you know, the other stuff that used to be so, that we were so easily beset by, you know, our sin. Because, it, like I said, it just totally undermines the very current of your life. It's a different direction and a different flow. Hmm. Yeah, so when you're talking to somebody and you're seeing, okay, they're on the right track, but they've still got this, like, obsession with getting free from sexual sin and you just realize okay they need to they need to change their perspective and their focus are there practical things that you encourage them to do so that their goal becomes more aligned with God's goal yeah a couple of practical things is gratitude because instead of focusing on yourself you need to focus on the lord and also, of course, the self-life, you know, lust is all about getting, and it means you're, you're dissatisfied. It's like, I'm not getting what I want, and I have an insatiable desire to get what I want. Hmm. But if you can be filled with gratitude and realize who God is and what he's doing or done for us, then that can undermine that self-life, focusing on him. And not to mention, he's the source of all change. So gratitude's a big one. And the other one is getting into the needs of others, and primarily through prayer. You know, we teach people to look outside of your own little world and focus on other people. And as you do that, the Lord begins to impart more of his heart where you begin to see people differently. If you're totally given over to lust and you're basically objectifying people, well, now you see them not as people to, to satisfy my lust, but as people that are valuable to God. Mm -hmm. And how can I be a blessing and invest in their life instead of what can I get from them? So it's a totally different flow. And then we actually, I've actually assigned people like doing like mercy, where you actually do acts of love, where in a program we have like chore, you can do someone else's chore, or there's a million different ways you can get out of yourself and be a blessing to someone. Maybe just go up to someone that you don't know and just talk to them, you know, just listen to people, something that simple. But all these things are means that you can actually get out of yourself and invest in other people's lives and it's very practical. It's like where the rubber meets the road, where mm -hmm. instead of being consumed with yourself and your issues, 
your life becomes more expansive. Now you're dealing with other people and their issues. Mm. And it all centers around God and flows out from there. Notice you're not there at all. It's <laughs> God at the hub, and then it flows out toward other people. Mm. And then it's like what it's the paradox Jesus said, if you seek to save your life, you're going to lose it. But when you lose your life and give it away for his sake in the gospel, investing other people, you find it. And you find the joy, the fulfillment, everything you've been searching for in your sin you find the wholesome without any baggage. You find the real joy in investing in the lives of others. Hmm. Yeah, so a, a person who this really resonates with, right? They're saying, okay, yep, they're talking to me because <laughs> all I can really think about, all I can pray about, all, m- most of my concern and my worry is all about I got to make sure that I'm getting free. You're saying that in a way, just... Give that, give all of those burdens, give those concerns, give give that to Jesus and say, okay, I'm giving that to you. Now the thing that I want to spend my time and my energy on, I, I need to become grateful and I need to take that energy that I have now because I'm giving those things to you, I need to give that for the good of other people. Yeah. And it's going to be a process. You know, I mean, it's not like the Lord's asking you to just change overnight, but I think it is very real that there are people today who it's like, okay, your perspective has to change. You know, you're not going to get what you think you're going to get by spending all this energy and time and worry about yourself. Yeah, it's like what you're, you're, it's like they're taking a blowtorch out and trying to blow away all this fruit or whatever, burn it all up, or <laughs> a chainsaw. Yeah, like you, I said, you can lop off the fruit all you want. So it almost seems like you're coming at this thing from a back door, but you're actually getting to the very root of these things, and you can't see the roots, a lot of the roots. So you may think like nothing's happening, mm. but God, as you do His will, is actually undermining and uprooting the very source of your sin. So short term, it may seem like, what am I, gratitude? How's that going to help me with lust or, right. you know, getting into the needs of others? I'm the one who has issues. I have, I'm so burdened by my own problems. How can get into someone else's life, investing in their life, help me? But you're actually undermining the very roots of your addictive behavior. Mm. Yeah, this, this is just really good stuff. I definitely appreciate you coming in, Ken. And for those who are watching, just remind them that we have, um, a book called Living in Victory Through the Power of Mercy that's going to deal with the same thing that that we've been talking about today in extensive detail. And also we've got a whole podcast series called Victory, which is based off that book. And that starts with episode 435 and it's like a 20 part series. So for people who are like, man, I really need to learn how to get my life revolving around someone other than me. Then, then both those resources are going to be really helpful. Yeah, definitely so. great resources. Okay, so thanks for coming in. Thank you. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.